Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Care Patrol of Connecticut in New York is your number one partner for securing safe senior living options and navigating the senior care continuum. Their services are at no cost to you, and they guide you through the entire process. Visit www.carepatrolct.com for details. We expect to hear momentarily from the brilliant Amy Finkelstein, and we're going to get into some healthcare conversation. Her book is called We've Got You Covered, Rebooting American Healthcare. And it really begins with the premise that our healthcare system isn't working. I want to give you two examples I just heard recently, just two. One, I was reading an op-ed in the New York Times about a woman who said that she was with her two-year-old who got into a terrible um, accident in Brazil. They were traveling in Brazil, and the little one's cheek got gashed out. Something happened, and some terrible gash, and it sliced her little cheek. And, And it was all, you know, like a flap of skin hanging. And this is a woman, and she was writing, she's an Indian-American woman, and she was writing about how in Brazil, it is a matter of civil rights in their constitution that people are essentially entitled, entitled as a matter of health care to be beautiful. And it came from a relationship between a surgeon and a president from like 40 or 50 years ago, a president of Brazil, who was able to successfully persuade this president that rooted in their national identity should be this idea that people were entitled to be beautiful as a matter of overhaul of overall wellness and feeling good about oneself, that it wasn't a luxury, that it was something essential. So Brazil apparently has a collection of some of the most advanced plastic surgeons in the world. We've known this for many years. I think it was Jackie O had her face done in Brazil many years ago. Uh, and, and that's when it was still something to be shameful. And she ran away and got it done anyway. And she went to Brazil because Brazil has always had the reputation of having magnificent plastic surgeons. And she was talking about the fact that her daughter, who had this terrible slash on her cheek, was likely going to have a very bad scar for the rest of her life. And that if she had been in the United States when the fall had happened, when this injury had happened, that she likely would have suffered with this very bad scar on her face and that that would have affected her ability to feel good about herself, her ability to sort of achieve her most 
best self in the world because beauty is one aspect and an important one of the way we are judged in the world. It is very true. It has been proven again and again and again that pretty people are given the benefit of the doubt, that pretty people in terms of trustworthiness and honesty, that pretty people are given the benefit of the doubt when it comes to picking among job applicants. Pretty people do better in the world than ugly people. You don't want to believe it. It's okay. You don't have to, but it's a fact. Uh, Pretty doesn't necessarily have to mean plastic pretty, but it means pretty, attractive. And she was terribly afraid that her daughter would be scarred for life right on her cheek. So the story is, she just wrote this op-ed, I think it was published over the weekend, uh, that she got such excellent plastic surgery in Brazil, such extraordinary plastic surgery in Brazil, that when she came home, the stitches had to be removed. And no doctor understood how they had done the surgery. And this just happened. Because the doctors in America were not as advanced when it came to plastic surgery. And in fact, a doctor finally figured out that all they had to do was take a little needle and pull out the thread of the surgery and the entire skin healed almost without any scar at all. And they had never seen, they had never seen this kind of surgery here, but it was completely covered in Brazil. It cost her nothing to have her daughter have excellent quality health care in an emergency in Brazil that will retain her daughter's ability to be beautiful in the world. So that was one story that really hit me about what is our value system in America? How do, and she was saying that had it happened in America, she's not even sure her insurance company would have covered a plastic surgeon. They might have only covered a general surgeon where a plastic surgeon was clearly needed to optimize the best result for the patient. And the other example I wanted to tell you about is just a very personal one. I am still fighting with my insurance company, uh, which um, is Blue Cross Blue Shield. It's part of the state of Connecticut health insurance. And I'm still fighting with them because they insist that the thyroid drug that I take, I take exactly one prescription drug for an underactive thyroid, and it's called Tyrosint, and it is not the generic, which is levanthroxine, and then also known as Synthroid. And I tried those two, and they didn't work, and I had a reaction to them, and they weren't good for me. So I found this other one, which is a newer, purer form of the drug, and I've been doing very well on it for years. And they covered it for years until they decided they didn't want to. So now I have to pay for it myself, and I'm in the midst of fighting and fighting and fighting, and it's taking up time that my primary doctor really doesn't want to have to bother to do so that he can challenge it. Now I'm going to have to challenge it. And you know what? It's a crock of BS because my insurance company is not my doctor. My doctor's my doctor. And my doctor thinks I need this medicine, and I have to go fly a kite. So in the middle of our extremely flawed healthcare system, which is extraordinarily expensive and does not deliver optimal results, we've got a brilliant thinker, Amy Finkelstein, who has written a book. She is a preeminent Stanford professor, a MacArthur Fellow at MIT. She lives in Cambridge, where she's surrounded by Harvard, Harvard, Harvard everywhere, including having had brilliant parents who also made great contributions in this country. And uh, she herself... Um, is somebody who has thought deep and wide about what's wrong with our healthcare system and has a lot to say about it. The book is called We've Got You Covered, Rebooting American Healthcare. It's really a pleasure for me, Amy Finkelstein, Dr. Finkelstein, uh, for you to join us today. Hello. 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 Thank you so much for having me on the show. Well, you're welcome, Doctor. I really appreciate it. So 
So, Dr. Finkelstein. Um, oh, please, please, please call me Amy. Okay, I'll call you Amy. Hello, Amy. Uh, Amy, your background is so incredibly impressive, all of your degrees, all of your extensive research. Uh, but you conclude that we have to start over in this country, that we just, we can't fix what is so terribly broken. We have to start over. Is that right? It is right. And believe me, that's not what we hoped we'd conclude. And that's not where we started. We thought, let's figure out what are the problems with insurance coverage. You know, there's 30 million people that lack coverage. Uh, How can we, you know, enact some incremental policy reforms to get them coverage. And unfortunately, as we look into it more and more, we realize that the problems are just much, much deeper and widespread than uh, the 30 million Americans, the one in 10 Americans who lack health insurance at any given moment in time. So one really sobering and disturbing fact is that more than twice that number, one in four Americans under 65, will spend some period without health insurance over a two-year period, uh, either because they, they lose their job or change their job or their eligibility for a, for a pr- public program changes because they get older or their income goes But they just up. can't afford it. They just can't afford exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. And so, you know, the purpose of health insurance is to provide a modicum of economic security in a uncertain and insecure world and the fact that health insurance coverage itself is is highly insecure and uncertain is 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 crazy it's it's and that's not how a system should be and there's no way to fix that without starting over because the reason health insurance is so insecure is in part because there are all these different programs and patches by which you can get coverage and whenever you have a sort of patchwork quilt of programs, you're going to have gaps in the themes where uh, people fall through. And, you know, one really startling fact is that of people who are currently uninsured, those 30 million Americans, six in 10 of them actually are eligible for either free or heavily, heavily discounted care. Uh, They just uh, don't realize it or haven't been able to fill out the paperwork to get on the program or to stay on the program. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Uh, we're punching well below our weight with all these programs precisely because it's such a crazy mismatch of overlapping and complicated different paths to eligibility. So we, oh, it's impossible. Solution. I've navigated it for my own children. It's impossible. I mean, it's, it's, and not only is it impossible, 
you know, they have this bronze, gold, platinum stuff. The deductibles are outrageously high once you're in it. They still want seven, $800 a month to do it in many cases, at least four or $500 a month. It's, um, and this is for young, healthy people, Amy. These are for young, well, that, healthy that, people. Yeah, no, I know. And that's the other point we make. So the, the problem, right, so the first problem is, first problem we all know about is the people who are uninsured. The second that we emphasize in the book is the, risk of losing coverage for the 90% of us who are fortunate enough to have insurance. And the third, which you've already brought up, is even for people who are fortunate enough to have coverage and to maintain that coverage when they're sick, uh, they still can face catastrophically high medical bills that they're unable to pay that are, that they have, that they're being billed for their so-called covered care. And that's because of these high uh, deductibles or cost sharing. And that's, again, not the purpose of uh, insurance. So, you know, three-fifths of medical debt held by collection agencies is actually incurred by households who have health insurance. And yet they can't afford to pay, you know, the cost sharing for their so-called covered care. And once you realize that, you know, and as we talk about in the book, if you look at the history of our health policy, even just the broader history of our country, there's a very clear social commitment, social contract, if you will, to try to provide essential medical care for everyone, regardless of resources. Now, that may sound strange because obviously we haven't achieved that, but it's very clear in reading our history that many of the programs that have been enacted were trying to get there. Once you realize that we have that commitment, rather than you know, do it through the back door with, you know, well, here's a charity program and here's a public policy that says you have to treat this patient or that patient. Let's just formalize and fund automatic, universal, basic coverage up front. It'll be with no patient co-pays or cost sharing. So it will be free, but it'll be basic. It'll be only essential medical care. And then people who want and are able to can uh, purchase supplemental coverage if they want shorter wait times or a, you know, private hospital room rather than tend to a ward. Uh, but we will be fulfilling the clear commitment to provide essential basic coverage to everyone. So Amy Finkelstein, there's a lot there. Let, let's talk about the role of our health insurance companies, which are major profit centers. They argue that they perform an important function, that they help competition, uh, you know, that they negotiate prices, what do you think, if any, is the role and what is the reality of these enormously profitable healthcare insurance companies? So that's a very good question to which I feel I may have a frustrating answer, which is one of the things we try to emphasize in the book is what are the essential aspects of reform and what are the aspects on which reasonable people can disagree. And at some broad level, the essential aspects of reform are this universal, automatic, basic coverage that's free for everyone and the ability to supplement that with additional coverage if you can afford and want to. Beyond that, the issue you're talking about, like many other issues, are issues of healthcare delivery. Is it going to be many insurers or single payer? Are they going to be private insurers, uh, you know, for-profit private insurers or non-profit profit or public insurers? Will uh, physicians be uh, privately employed or direct, you know, employees of the healthcare system like they are, for example, in the Veterans Administration? These are all important questions 
on which reasonable people can disagree, but they're not essential for fulfilling uh, our, our commitment to provide essential medical care regardless of resources. And if you look at countries around the world, some of them have single-payer public health insurance. Some of them, you know, like uh, the Netherlands or Switzerland have a series of private insurers competing against each other. I don't think there's a clear economic case to be made that one is obviously better than the other. They each have their advantages and disadvantages, but we can, we can get to universal basic coverage through either of those systems. And that's a choice we need to make as an informed society. Why is Germany? I, I don't, I really don't, uh, Netherlands and Switzerland, the populations are too small to really at all be, I think, analogous to America. But Germany has 80 million people and consistently is ranked as the most popular healthcare system by their own people in the world. Why does Germany work well? What's their secret sauce? I think, you know, at some level, the secret sauce in every other high-income country is what we stumbled to, you know, by trying to think about it from first principles, which is, they all have some version of universal automatic basic coverage and the ability to supplement. Germany does it through uh, a series of different uh, programs you get through your employer or your union, or if you're unemployed through a different system, but it's all, you know, you get the automatic universal basic and then you can supplement. About 10% of the German population, I think, does choose to supplement. The details are different in every country. Some countries, um, have more cost-sharing than others. We would be firmly on the side of countries like the U.K. or Canada, which, which try to have no patient co-pays for the basic system. On the other hand, we would be more like Singapore or Australia or Israel in allowing people who want to supplement to only have to pay for the additional care that they want that's not covered in the basic system. And Germany does that as well, whereas a system like the U.K., you know, the National Health Service will pay uh, for cataract surgery with a basic lens. If you want a fancier lens, you have to pay not just the additional cost of that fancier lens, but you actually have to pay for a surgeon to put that in. We would not have that. We would say you just pay for the additional care. If the, if the basic system is covering the surgeon, it'll cover the surgeon regardless of the lens, and you just have to pay the extra cost for the higher-end lens. Amy Finkelstein, one more question, because I know you have to run. Is your vision where the health care uh, providers are employed by the government or are the health care providers employed by private or not-for-profit enterprises that are not government? Again, sorry, sorry to be frustratingly uh, vague on this, but one thing we try to be clear about in the book is our system could be enacted to either method. So you have, you know, something like the UK or the Veterans Administration in the US, where the uh, doctors are employed directly by the system. You have systems in many other countries, France, Germany, uh, you know, many systems in the US where the doctors are privately employed. There are pros and cons to both of them, but neither of them should stand in the way of the fundamental thing we need to do, which is universal automatic basic coverage with the ability to supplement. Okay. Amy Finkelstein, Dr. Amy Finkelstein, thank you very much. The book is called We've Got You Covered, Rebooting American Healthcare. Thank you for your informed opinion on such an important subject for all of us. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me on the show. 
It's a pleasure. We'll be right back. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com.